0: This is podcast number 583, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek.
1: And this is Tom. I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University, Florida, and host the Screen Tom podcast on iTunes and podcast by Spotify.
0: I feel like you had to think about that a little too hard.
1: Because (laughs) podcasts by Spotify used to be called Anchor, and iTunes I think is technically just Apple Podcasts,
0: but whatever. Okay.
1: Um, Why don't you start off with the news? I have some news. ABC. The Connors may end with season six, according to star John Goodman and executive producer Bruce Helford. And when the top two people say it's probably ending, that's usually a good sign it's coming to an end. Uh, Amazon is given a straight-to-series order for Bloomhouse's The Bondsman, starring Kevin Bacon as an undead bounty hunter. So he's a backwoods bounty hunter who dies, gets resurrected, but uh, gets to continue his old job with a twist. Tyler Perry is directing the drama film Black, White, and Blue for Amazon. Uh, Apple TV Plus has canceled High Desert. And I can't remember if we talked about this last time or not, but the Metropolis adaptation from Sam Ismael is DOA. Yeah, I heard Uh, about
2: that. That's a shame. I was looking forward to it.
1: Disney Plus has announced that High School Musical the Musical the Series will end with the upcoming season four. FX has announced that Reservation Dogs is going to end with the upcoming season three. Uh, Freeform has canceled Single Drunk Female and Watchful Eye. I I didn't even realize that was still on. (laughs) (laughs) Um... HBO's The Idol ended season one a week early because it only needed five episodes. Boy, I wish more shows would do that. They were supposed to do six, but they got the story told in five. MGM Plus has picked up From for season three. In the yet another, hey, we finished the book, but let's keep going. Hulu has ordered Nine Perfect Strangers season two. Why?
0: Yeah, the Um, first season wasn't that great. Well, the ending,
1: it started strong, except for... Nicole Kidman's terrible Russian accent, but it ended weekly. Uh, Magnum PI will end with the upcoming season 5B. And NBC Universal is launching nearly 50 fast ad-supported streaming channels, linear channels on Freevee and Zumo. Netflix is going to save a whole bunch of money because Ryan Murphy is leaving them and going back to 20th Television and Dana Walden. And, of course, now 20th is owned by Disney. Like, that'll change the kind of stuff he makes. Not. Gillian Anderson will be joining Lena Headey in the Western series The Abandons. Paramount Network. Yellowstone Season 6.2 will probably expand beyond the six episodes, so Sheridan can properly wrap up the story. There's still no word on how Kevin Costner's character will exit, except for Sheridan has said, quote, I don't do
0: F.U. car crashes. (laughs)
1: because <laughs> i guess that's I, I, feel his, like point, I feel
0: like he's i feel like he's <laughs> pointing at specific shows when he said that well okay. evidently yeah. his,
1: that's how his character exited sons of Arca- anarchy uh paramount plus canceled prodigy boo rise of the pink ladies the game which was revived recently and queen of the universe which has already gotten picked up um oh uh, the british dude uh graham norton is going to host he, well
0: based... what I was, yeah, he, was
2: say... he was hosting it already. It's 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 a dumb little game show, but it's fun. I, I watch it. So I was gonna I'm, say I'm for Prodigy,
0: they they actually are gonna finish season two. So season two is in post-production and season two is gonna get completed, but they don't know where it's gonna land.
1: I mean, they should just make it available for a subscription for you know people who want to see it. <laughs> um uh, uh, also, Paramount Plus has announced that Moe Brings Plenty will join the cast of La Men Bass Reeves, as Minko Dodge, a Choctaw Native American who befriends the title character played by David o. Yellowwell. Showtime has scrapped its Gattaca adaptation, and they've also scrapped the potential Mandy Patinkin show season. Um, I,
0: I've noticed a lot of cancellations. Just yes. like, during this time, everything. Anything that's past season three is being canceled. And anything that's about to start, a lot of that stuff is being canceled.
1: I forgot to mention that Max announced that the other two has ended with season three. And evidently the showrunner wanted to end there. So I don't know. I I get suspicious when they say, oh, this is how we wanted to go out. Then why don't you tell people before the finale aired, this is the series (laughs) finale, not the season finale. Yeah,
0: something happened in the deal. Yeah, something happened to the deal. I do think they're probably going to do a Ted Lasso spinoff because they very conveniently, uh, everyone other than Sudeikis got left in England to pick up the mantle. So, yeah, I think that's going to happen. Yeah. They just need another showrunner. All right, so let's start with the shows then. Uh, First up, we're going to talk The Bear. And I never watched season one so i was trying to like catch up while you guys are watching season two and i am two episodes from the end of season one so i didn't quite make it so you guys can you you could talk about uh the season two premiere the first two episodes and i'll like hum really loud and pretend i can't hear you
1: (laughs) Uh, you know my biggest takeaway from season two so far is man that dude's eyes are really blue (laughs) (laughs)
0: that is that is probably a true statement uh i did notice that as i was watching season one i was like he has really blue eyes but continue
1: um i am rationally uh, rationing it so i don't get ahead but i really want to forge ahead because i'm digging it and they're kind of i hate to say table setting because there's all this interesting interpersonal stuff going on but um basically they are renovating And it's going to take a while and it's going to take a lot of money. And in the meantime, they're getting the plans ready. I'm kind of one and two kind of merged together in my mind. But, um, boy, I really like this cast. And I love when, oh, I can't remember. uh, Sydney is the black girl, but the Latina who hated her at the beginning of season one. Oh, yeah. yeah. And when she says, hey can I talk to you? And basically says, would you like to be one of my sous chefs? And then the woman just hugs her. I'm like, oh, that was so well earned because we saw them go basically have interpersonal conflict all season. And then Sydney finally won her over. But now the fact that they're actually building bridges and, uh, but it's interesting seeing the, the older black dude kind of struggle in the cooking school and I hope that doesn't bode well for his completion. I've only seen the first two and I know that they've dropped everything and there's some great guest stars coming up.
2: Yeah, I I could I did not have your self control. I just barreled right through this thing, you know, just immediately and and devoured the entire season in this in the course of like about two nights. So um yeah, it's I I, I like you the two first episodes sort of bleed together uh in my mind i think thematically because they're really about the same thing they're they it starts almost exactly after uh they you know the the ending of season one and we see the the sign of the beef coming down as they're about Mm -hmm. to do renovations and turn this into their own restaurant and i think the theme of this entire season this particular season because before it was you know all about Carmi and and his issues with his brother and it's that we're still hitting on that sort of thing but i think we're getting more into the individual lives of of the other characters and really focusing on them and that they they each get their moment to shine but the, the first two episodes is is really kind of still about the restaurant and it's just starting to move into the direction of focusing on on individual people and like you I love that scene between uh Sid and Tina because as you said it's totally earned the the relationships feel real it doesn't feel like oh I guess they're friends now because it's episode two um it's you've seen them develop and you've seen how um Tina's taken pride in what she's doing and and the idea of actually becoming a sous chef is something that just I, it makes her whole life. You know, this is she has she has a sense of purpose, and I I love that. And and there is you see this with with the other characters too, as they're moving into their niches and finding their way. And um, I think interestingly, as the other characters grow. Um, we see Carmi struggling even more than before. And so all of this, I think, is, is just fantastic. And um, this show just just does the interrelationships of the characters so well. Um, and, and the whole experience of being in this, um, this, this situation of running the, re- the restaurant feels so real. Um so I, I love this. I think the season feels a little different than the last one because it's not as frenetic in most places. But I think it's it's got its own rhythm and it's its own way. And I'm I'm really, really loving this.
1: Um to, right. oh, uh one more comment. That was Robert Townsend as Sydney's dad, because I'm like, is that Robert Townsend? And I had to yes. go me to find out. But the second thing <laughs> Is it me, or is something going on with Carmi and Sydney? Because it looks like there's a little bit of... The something. show keeps... The, the showrunners keep insisting
2: insisting that they're just pals and and business partners but there
0: is sometimes sometimes the actors take it into their own hands oh and
2: you're there there is so much more you know they introduce a a a woman named claire to be like a a kind of girlfriend for carmy and she she comes in in the second episode i I saw her yeah and and i gotta tell you they this and in later episodes there is more chemistry between carmy and sid fixing a table then in <laughs> any of the scenes between him and his girlfriend this this season
0: it's uh, they are well,
2: just awesome well,
0: together but yeah let's move on let's move on before we give any spoilers all right uh next up we're going to talk about superman and lois and as the last two episodes of the season and it is the introduction of uh lex luther as oh god who's the actor's name i just blanked on an actor's michael. name michael cutlass thank <laughs>
1: michael you michael cutlass
0: uh so scary lex yes he is a sc- but he's like a scary thug mobster lex which i'm not yeah, sure I, I, I don't think I, I I mean lex the thing about lex Luthor is that he's smart that's his thing that's his lane is that he's smarter than all the other villains he's smarter than superman that's how he beats superman And by making him this kind of vicious, bloodthirsty killer, uh, I feel like that was the Bruno Mannheim lane. I I don't know if I like it.
1: He had the plan. He told Lois exactly what to do in episode 312. She didn't take his advice, and 313, there were consequences.
0: I'm not disagreeing on that, but the consequences were still more thug-like than, than a brilliant play. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe he outthought me. Like, I don't feel that from him. Well, I like, I like the revenge thing. And I love Michael Cutlass. Don't get me wrong. I, oh, I, really I, really, I know. I, I, I know. think he's a great, great Definitely. actor. Uh, I just, I'm not sure about this trajectory. And I guess maybe their whole thing is like, everybody has done a smart Lex, but I kind of want to like, let's see what, you guys could do with a smart Lex
1: is dangerous and the fact that he was in jail for 17 years for of all the things he's done and he's done a lot of stuff but the one thing he didn't do that's the thing he went to jail for so I don't mind him being a little thuggy when he gets out of jail but when he sets when he when he insinuates himself back at the top of Lex Corp you know I I would predict we're obviously moving the Metropolis back to Metropolis because they're getting rid of all the Smallville characters.
0: Yeah, that's true, too. And they moved uh, the, the character that I want to keep, which is, uh, God, what's Steel. his name? Yeah, they're moving him to Metropolis. So that all works if everybody's in Metropolis now. Um, um, because it's called yeah. Superman and Lois is not called Smallville.
1: Yeah, seriously. Yeah, been there, done that, went 10 years. Um <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I mean, if you didn't realize that Rebecca Stobb, fun fact, the, the invisible woman in the Roger Corman Fantastic Four that never got released, if you didn't figure out that Sam Lane's new girlfriend was evil, smack yourself.
0: Come on. Well, first of all, he picked her Come up on, on an app. And so obviously she's a serial killer. Like anytime on a TV <laughs> show you date somebody on an app, on a dating app, they're going to be a killer. Um, so the yeah, so are, I was looking
1: for your son-in-law's mortal enemy,
0: <laughs> right, one of those things, so I was not surprised by that turn, um I did like uh Lana and Steele getting together that that made me happy.
1: well, they were getting everybody coupled off,
0: yeah, I so. mean, it's cool, I liked it, and um, I still think Jordan is a whiny baby he is like, he is such a whiny baby. Um, and I don't know if it's the actor, the way the actor's playing the character no, it's or the, the way it's the writing they, part of it is I would agree they're, they're making him whiny. I do like, um, I, I do like Jonathan unlikely.
1: V2 better than Jonathan V1 though.
0: Uh, he is, I guess, a str- I don't know if he's a stronger actor. They're giving him more to do. I'm not quite sure which that is. Um, but I've always liked Jonathan better than Jordan. So, oh Yeah. There
1: you go. When the comics... He's just
0: just particularly whiny now. I'm just like, dude.
1: Well, the whole thing with Sarah was just so... uh, Don't care, move on.
0: Exactly. All right, so that's really all I got to say about... Oh, 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 the the, the
1: twist. The fact that Bizarro's back, and basically Lex keeps killing him and turns him into Doomsday.
0: Oh, right, 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 right. So, and and it ends in the middle of that fight. So we don't get a conclusion though. They've moved it to the moon. So I guess there's less destruction of people and property. So I guess that's good. Yeah. But I feel like if they overly destroy the moon, that'll have other other effects. Um, but yeah, that was a good little twist. And I'm glad that this show at least has one more season.
1: Yeah. It would have um, been a bummer if that was the end of the series.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about hijack and I'm going to let Allison start. We're only talking about the pilot. Because that's literally the only episode I can make it through. I got through the end of the pilot. I, like, this show I watched trash. 101
1: and 102, so.
0: I mean, does it get better in the second episode? No. Um, <laughs> no, no, but there's, there's one character who who's actually
1: pretty smart, but he doesn't make it through the episode. So yeah. he was too smart that's, for his own good.
2: That's the thing. There's He's the only smart one and the only sympathetic one. And, and by the by the end of two, it's like he's not coming back for three. Um well, I, mean, so, so much I for felt that. like
0: I felt like I was like oh I was like, oh we're supposed to be cheering for Idris Elba and you get to the end of the episode and I was like, are we not supposed to be cheering for Idris Elba? <laughs> like what's happening? And then the captain of the of the plane, I was like, dude, dude. Yeah. Come on. Like, I feel like after nine eleven everybody as a society has like well, decided, that's, you know,
1: that's why they have the left cockpit. cockpit
0: exactly. Right. Exactly. They have it for a reason. And I, like I said, I feel like as a society, we have all decided that none of us are going to be, you know, yeah, they, no, no, it, no one is willing ever. Basically most people on planes, if that happened, that goes down. Everybody's like, okay, I guess we're dying. You know what I mean? Like, it's, well, I think I, they, I, they do what the,
2: the last plane on nine eleven did, which is attack the uh, the, the hijackers, because that's the only chance you have of possibly surviving. Because, you know, in the old days, it used to be, okay, they'd hijack the plane and they'd land it in some place somewhere yeah, then they, and then they'd negotiate. And then they, yeah, right. yeah and, but and, now and all that's of that. not a thing. No, yeah, now, now it's thing. like the, the, you, there's the possibility that this plane is being hijacked to be a flying bomb. <laughs> in mm-hmm. which case everybody dies, and, and the whole idea that the pilot would fight over and, and almost kill his co-pilot over that's you know, insanity. to save his, his girlfriend. when Not, even his, him, not, not even, even his his wife. Not even his wife. His girlfriend, a little piece on the side. Even so, he's not going to save her if they're planning to get in there to use this as a flying
0: bomb. Then they all die anyway. So it's just
2: completely pointless. Right,
0: right right when that happened. Yeah, right when that happened, I actually turned it off. And then I was like, let me at least finish this freaking episode. So then I had to turn it back on, and I was super annoyed that I had to turn it back on. And then I get to the end, and Ninja was like, I'm going to help you. And I was like, so you're a selfish prick. Okay. Um, And the thing
2: is, even if if he's playing the long game, and this is all just, you know, a stunt and all of the, you know, Get, their, get get them, you know, thinking that he's on their side him. and whatever. Right. Um, even then, it's stupid. It's just dumb. He he literally has a gun to the head of the guy who at least they they is, is being presented right now as the main hijacker, the lead guy. Yep. So all he has to do is pull that trigger and it's done. And, you know, or, or at least hold the thing to his head until he tells everybody else to disarm. And instead he just hands the gun to him. Because I guess we have, you know, seven more episodes to go, so we can't <laughs> do it now. Um, just absolutely nothing made any sense. Even when, when they were trying to alert the people on the ground that that hijacking was going on, is there like some sort of FAA regulation that you, that can't, you can't say, say hijacking word. when somebody's being
0: hijacked? There's we an have incident on board. Incident, serious incident. Well, and I was yeah, like, what? got to
1: remember, we're not in the US, so. Who knows yeah, yeah. no. That's what just what's a serious
2: people. incident? You know, there could be a drunk guy just, you know, being on the plane. It does,
0: he doesn't mention a gun. He doesn't say anything. Like his text to his wife is super vague. And I was like,
2: come on. Yeah. And even the pilots. I mean, when they alert the thing, it's like there is an incident. It's like, are you kidding me? Your plane is being hijacked. You say there's an incident, and it's serious. It's serious. (laughs) very serious incident.
0: Oh,
2: my God. I mean, I I was just so annoyed with this.
0: I don't want to to kick a dead horse because I'm thumbs down on it. And I didn't want to be. I will watch
1: more, but I was not engaged. That's the biggest problem for me. It's not engaging. There's something wrong with how they've constructed the story where it's not really drawing. It's boring. It's super
0: boring. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it took me three tries to make it through the pilot, so that's not good. <laughs> Ouch! Uh, all right, let's move on. Next up, uh, we're going to talk Secret Invasion. We're going to talk about episode one and two. And episode one, holy kamolia! Talk about dark start of a story. But I also want to emphasize that it's really assuming you've seen Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain it's Marvel. It's assuming yeah, you've Captain seen. A last... Yeah, it's assuming you see you've seen all of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, specifically
2: if captain you miss Mar- one tv show or movie you don't know what's going on
0: well i don't i don't think about it. i think if you've seen captain marvel i think you can pick up what's happening um but if you haven't seen captain marvel this feels like very confusing
2: well because they um, also reference the blip i mean whenever they say oh you went away and that kind of thing it's like they they're referencing that stuff too. So it's it really. Yeah,
0: that's still that's still like not all everything. But yes, I get your point. But I do feel like um, I like the fact that the villains in here are the, the people who are displaced and they were made a promise by Nick Fury and Nick Fury like very blatantly broke that promise. And uh, I'm not sure if he broke the promise through just, neglect like he forgot or if he genuinely tried and failed like that they haven't made particularly clear but i do see that the that the the people who are the antagonists definitely have like a criticism i don't have have a legitimate beef they have a legitimate beef i'm not sure if you should go blow people up for said beef but um they definitely have a beef and i like that they made them kind of three-dimensional at least a little and i'm and then uh oh my god uh, uh, amelia clark's character i'm not sure what she's doing because at first it seemed like she, you know she's on board then her dad tells her they're responsible for your mom's death and she's like oh my god i'll help you but then it didn't seem like she helped them because they fell into a trap and then i was like wait did she set the trap and then later in the next episode it's like she was kind of confused so it's still I am unclear of her motivations at this moment, and I feel like I need to know what's going on, on her, in her head to figure out what, where she is in the story. Everybody else I feel is uh, pretty straightforward. And Olivia, uh, what is her last name? Coleman. 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 Yeah. Uh, her chopping limbs and fingers off of people was pretty awesome, especially like after she did it and then she had to escape in the hatch. She was like complaining, like how dingy it was. She's like, "Oh, how pedestrian!" You know, like she <laughs> was great. That, like, like I don't know if I don't need to be tortured, but it's it's if you have to have a torturer, I I like that she was hilariously elegant about it. All right, uh, Alice and Tom, which one of you guys want to go next?
1: I'll go. I'm uh, not impressed. I didn't. It's just. They don't do the Marvel TV shows don't do the spy stuff well because this yeah. is shaping up to for me, it reminded me of Fa, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And that's not a compliment. That's yes. my least favorite. That's my least favorite of the Marvel shows. It, it ain't and or that's for sure. It's just overly convoluted, not emotionally grounded. And then and I texted Libby about this offline. That conversation between Nick Fury and, and Rhodey was pure BS. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Um, you don't, <laughs> don't take your two most prominent black characters in the, in the MCU now that, you know, Bozeman's T'Challa is gone and then set them at odds and make it sound... You basically wrote Rhodey like he's Tony Stark but just happens to be black. And I'm like, no. No, and Sam Jackson's executive producer on that on that series, so shame on him for allowing that to be.
0: Well, it's just the conversation didn't feel like that's not how it didn't feel real.
1: It didn't feel genuine. It didn't feel
0: two black guys are not going to have a conversation like that. Like that's not that was not the correct way that would happen.
2: I just when I was watching it, I I don't know that I felt that it was it was that off, except that I felt that I was like missing a scene like okay we're we're having this kind of conversation we're having this type of relationship but why are we having it what did we miss because this is not who they were the last time we saw them together so that's that's what i felt like like you know we're going on things that i'm not being told about for what for whatever reason they just you know i don't know whether they thought it was unimportant because they just wanted to do this scene or whether they're going to build it up later, or you know revisit well, uh, it. But our issue—it just felt but, like it just felt like I'm missing something here, you know? Yeah, because it, it
0: felt like Rhodey was angry at him for some reason. Yeah, and, and I I
2: didn't know why. It just made right. no sense. And he was treating him with contempt. And since Correct. when do you treat him with contempt? Um, of all the people in the world, you know, he's 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 like. Nick Fury is is legendary. You don't just you know blow him off and say you're old now. Um, it's just a, so much of that was uh, was getting on my my last nerve. I mean, if you want to do the old soldier story, fine, but you have to, you can't just do it like five minutes after we've seen him. Uh, I would say his, the different you know, working just yeah. as as much as he did in, in his prime.
0: It well, I was going to say the, the thing is, I mean, there's six episodes to this story and I felt like this is one of the things where it would have benefited for actually more story, like really establishing the characters properly and setting the table properly and letting the characters breathe. Because like you said, it feels, it felt weird that, that the conversations felt disconnected, Choppy. disjointed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tom, any other thoughts? Before no, we
1: on? not, uh, no, nah, not digging it.
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk the diplomat and episodes five and six. And since you watched it more recently, Tom, why don't you lead us off? Cause I don't remember exactly what happened. I in five love
1: this show. Uh, episode five is renowned for, <laughs> uh, Mr. Mr. Ambassador's husband slash charismatic horn dog having a little picnic with the uh, with his wife's counterpart sister, and they're smoking dope, eating cheese, and then they engage in pond sex. It's like, really, dude? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> Eat
0: well, it. you know, he says how much he loves his wife. <laughs> and, yeah. and and that was the thing about the pawn sex is he was like he couldn't get it up because he was like well you're not my wife so I can't perform and I was like really that's where we're going with this um, it still tells but, her about it I know and it's, it's just, just like, so what what ugh. Um, yeah I really I mean I understand where the husband where we're supposed to think of him and where he is and the whole thing but he's the one character that it's not even I love to hate like I liked him at the beginning because of how smarmy he was, but I'm just now just not liking him as much. You know, I I really feel like she can do better. That's really well, every time he every time they show more of him, I'm like, oh my god, you can do better than this dude. So <laughs> I love the uh, when
1: when she and the uh, and the British foreign minister basically are talking, and she. He thinks she's commenting about their chemistry and she's like, oh God no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they've had two incidences where that happened where they've misunder they were talk they were not talking about the same thing. And it's mm-hmm. usually her talking about work and he's assuming they're talking about their relationship and she's like, no, 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 I was just talking about work, you know, the thing we're supposed to be doing. It's just so uh, funny then, because I, I love
2: that scene because he's usually just all business and you know right. he's, he's Mr. Professional. And then he's he's like this guy on his first date when he thinks that she's <laughs> well, talking he's about them and their chemistry. Yeah. I, I loved busted. it. And then then he gets pulled up and it's like, Oh, oh, sorry. Oh yes, all right. So that was great. Yeah, but
0: he's he's adorable. Uh and that's the kind of guy she needs, that adorable guy. Not not the the flaming mess guy. Um, but, and then the the UK Prime Minister is such a dweeb. Such a weenie. Oh my God. He's like, they have, they're having this really big meeting trying to discuss a very serious topic and they have the top diplomats in the room and he jumps in the meeting talking about, well, I should be involved in here because I'm a Prime Minister and you should. But they're like, yeah, but you're dumb, man. Like... <laughs> He Basically, should not be Rory Kinnear being Rory Kinnear. Oh my goodness! And then, and then he has like a fit and tells them they have to do something within a certain amount of time. I can't even remember what it is now. And he storms out because that's you know that's what prime ministers they have apparently to come do. up with a plan. Yeah, um,
2: he, he had like one moment in the in the thing where he he started coming off more like a human being which is when they go down to the kitchen and, yep. and they start, you know, having their little... and oh, it's like, that pizza? Oh, so, yeah, they, they, they were eating like a quiche, I think. Oh, um, oh and, right, right, right. And, a I, yeah, a cold quiche right out of the refrigerator. But, I mean, it was... For a moment, it's like, oh, so when he's not, you know, bullying people around and being a prime minister, he's he's actually a human being. And then, of course, in like the very next scene, he goes back to being an idiot. But, um, yeah, that was a nice little touch there that there might be another layer to this guy.
0: Yeah, that was really interesting. I like it. I like it. All right. So I'm definitely saying. It's a fantastic show. so,
1: So watchable and bingeable.
2: Yeah, and smartly written, yes.
0: All right, Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and we have two episodes to talk about. One is, the first one is the trial episode, the trial of Una. Uh, And it goes very much to the history of Star Trek doing episodes about what does it mean to be human and putting that on trial. Um, The only thing I miss is that I... I kind of missed that the captain is usually the one representing the crew member and gives a rousing speech and does all of that. And this time, Pike is kind of in the sidelines, just kind of watching the trial. So that was a little yeah, weird.
1: Because that's reality.
0: <laughs> I, true. I mean, I know, but that's kind of the history of Star Trek Because you have your captain give a great rousing speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like only the thing I liked about the lawyer is I wasn't sure if you could trust her. And that was an interesting element because I felt like Una's lawyer had her own agenda. Because of her
1: past with Una? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, not just because of her past, but it felt like Una was trying to get off and get back to her career. And she wanted to not go to jail and whatever. And I felt like her lawyer was doing something else entirely. Well, her lawyer is trying
2: to change law. You know, she's she's doing what would, you know, in our time, it it would be trying to do a test case to go up to the Supreme Court.
0: Correct, but that just would mean, but she didn't care if Una got 20 years in prison for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what
2: I, I I agree with you. That's where I was.
0: So that's what made, yeah, that's what made it really interesting is you didn't know if you could trust her lawyer to be looking out for her. And so that's what made the tension of the episode really pretty high. And I appreciated that. I appreciated that the tension was high and that it was interesting. And then- I liked April um, bringing him in to be on trial and his testimony and then his private conversation with Pike. All of that was really good. And I liked also the lawyer, like, broke down to Pike why he couldn't testify and all of of those notes were all, like, really on point. And I think that they did a good job with building the tension through the whole case. I mean, you know Una is going to come back, like, you do know that intellectually, but they did a good job with the tension of the episode I, I, anyway, at least in my opinion. Plus, I,
1: I thought one of the things that they did well is without being too on the nose, they, they made reference to some real-life situations going on right now. So there were nice parallels, but they didn't hit it hard, too hard on the head like some of the shows have done recently
0: yeah yeah so i i was like that was thumbs up and allison do you want to talk about the next episode which was uh time travel and kirk
2: yeah um i i actually enjoyed the the next episode i've never been um i i really don't particularly care for their kirk that much but uh Overall, I think, you know, he actually did pretty well in this episode. I mean, I still don't buy him really as Kirk, but it's like if I if I if I set that aside in my mind, like, OK, he's he's the captain. But, you know, it's, let's try to forget that he's supposed to be Kirk all the time. Um, I was actually OK with with him in the episode and thought that there was there was a nice dynamic between the two of them um you know they seem to have fun when they do these these episodes where they flash back to uh the 20th century trek tends to have a good time with it this this was um this was an episode that had a nice balance of drama and comedy and i thought they did a a good job um overall and and made me actually care about him a little bit when he didn't make it through to the very end Mm. um the uh, the whole thing about uh, ultimately saving Khan as a child, um, it it kind of brings up that little well, what would you do if you were confronted with being able to to save or kill baby Hitler? Because that's really pretty much what he is. And except I, that, I didn't except feel that it. he's
0: her direct. Except that he's her direct descendant, so she kills him, and, and so she doesn't has, exist. So she so creates she. Yeah. paradox.
2: Although right. I'm not sure that that would even hold because they've. It, it's a divergent reality, so you know she she might cease to exist, but she wouldn't have prevented herself from from killing him because um, that's another reality version. So uh, yeah, it does. You know, it, it, there's there's problems with that. Um, I actually had more of a problem with the fact that in the alternate reality, people like Spock still even existed. Uh, because I mean we, we've got a, a situation where the Federation doesn't exist and Earth doesn't oh, yeah. have a relationship with. How would, she, how with, would Spock's the parents yeah,
0: how, how would, would they get together? Even, yeah. Exactly. That's the
2: point. You know, I mean and and e I mean, really none of the characters who who were on the bridge should have existed including Kirk because they've changed uh, history that radically but you know then you won't be able to pay, use your cast and pay for them so you, you use it anyway and come up some with some
0: I think some... the rest of them might have been okay because they were all humans they all came from earth so that's fine but I do agree Spock should not have existed
2: not at all you know but I mean and even for the others it's a it's a big ask um, considering that Earth is not habitable apparently um, so they're all born in space so in any case it was i if you forget that kind of stuff, I just thought it was a, a pretty well done episode it was fun. I loved the bit with Carol Kane. she's always fun to watch uh, I,
0: I expected her to recognize her at the end nope. I thought yeah they, and they didn't do that. that
2: i I agree yeah. I was looking for that but
0: uh, uh, she just I, may have I, a I'm really gonna... bad memory <laughs> I'm going to diverge slightly because I could not separate myself from my very big dislike Antipathy. of her. Yes. Uh I didn't think it really this episode did much to help me like him more. I still just really really loathe him. Um so but what I did like what did hap, uh, happen is it made me like Singh's character more. Uh she no. felt more yes. Uh, she felt more three-dimensional. She felt like a real person. I really felt her pain. And I, and I like the idea of, you know, she's been infamous. Her family's been infamous. She's had this weight on her shoulder, and it's affected all her relationships and everything she's done. And I feel like this episode is the first step in her becoming her own person. And I thought That's a, that is an interesting story. I don't care about the whole Kirkness of it. And I hope <laughs> to God they never get together. Um, oh, come
1: on. They had good chemistry.
0: No, no, not not to me. Like even th- it, it felt forced chemistry. Like the scene where she's like looking at him when he's changing his clothes. I was like, he's not even that cute. Like, I don't, why is she staring? I don't understand. Like it, none of that worked for me. So yes.
1: I, my my I, beef I with them casting Paul Wesley as Kirk is he's too old. He's I like, agree with that statement. Yeah. You know, he looks good for his age, but he's he's too old. I wish they had Jake Manley from The Order would have been perfect. And he's the right age, right look, right attitude.
0: Um, I don't know. Also, I he's, a... also, he's not charming. Kirk's supposed to be charming. Paul Wesley is not charming. So I don't even know what chemistry you're talking about. Are you sure are
1: not just having Vampire Diaries flashbacks? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he has zero charm. That's all I'm saying. I, 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 I wouldn't say that.
2: I just don't find him Kirk-like in the least is the problem.
1: I thought it was, I thought it was an okay episode. My my problem with this, how they open the season, I want the crew to act together as a unit. And in 201, we carve out literally number one and number two from the call sheet from the episode. And then the courtroom episode, basically many of them are sidelined. And in this one, it focuses on one of our leads and a guest star, the special guest star that Libya despises. So, (laughs) i want the band back together man you know they should have put they should have put the 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 you know the the non-standard format episodes toward the middle of the season not at the very beginning because we haven't had a really good whole crew episode yet
0: i agree i agree that is true uh but i'm still enjoying the show overall even with the kirkness of it so there we go
1: (laughs) you know you're gonna see him more because he gets that special guest star thing every time he shows up now
0: yeah all right. He's got Next a good up, agent. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about the last two episodes of Silos Season 1. Woo! And uh, the last episode is called Outside. I can't remember what 9 is called. Um, I can look it up real quick. But I I think this show is a nice, solid 10 episodes. I don't feel any extra fat, any nope. whatever. Like, the, it's very streamlined. It tells the exact story it's trying to tell. And they flipped my uh, ideas of what I thought I knew was happening. And then when you get to the end, I was like, oh, I was right and wrong at the same time. Okay. And I like it.
1: Episode 109 Um, is the getaway.
0: Getaway and then outside. I mean, we knew eventually she was going to have to go outside because that's what the first two characters did. And then the question was, you know, how is she going to survive going outside? That That is... is (laughs) Yes, I liked how that all clicked together. Like, you know, her first conversation with the IT guy before he's even mayor is about the fact that she stole some of his tape and he's freaking out about it out of proportion of the situation. She's like, I don't understand why you freaked out so much about me stealing some of that tape. And when you get to the end, you're like, oh that's why he freaked out about her getting some of that tape like it all all the pieces that they've laid out all come together in a really tight puzzle and uh rebecca ferguson did a great job just looking all dirty defeated and just being you know ready to be done because she was just like i'll sacrifice myself for my family And she did exactly what I wanted somebody to do, which is when they're like, everybody, when they go out, they always clean. And I was like, dude, I would not. And I was so happy when she took that pad out. She just like dropped it like she was dropping a mic. She's like, yeah, I'm not cleaning. I was like, yeah. "Yeah, Well, that was the point.
2: That was the point behind the false display was to, you know, make people think that it, oh, it's wonderful out there. And if I clean this, people will see how gorgeous it is. And yeah, that's not happening. And she realized that it was, it was false.
0: She right. realized
2: that that was Yeah. Not and I like so that
0: happened. she, she saw the footage and was like, oh, it's the same footage. Mm-hmm. And for someone who doesn't see footage <laughs> ever, the fact that she connected that it was literally the same footage, I thought was really cool. Well, I th- I think the
2: giveaway was the birds because, you know, yeah, she, yep. she played that over and over and over again. So she had it like in her head and then she's out there and suddenly she sees the same V formation of birds flying yep. across the screen. And you can see her eyes just, you know, it's suddenly twigs where, yeah, this is not real.
0: But if they um, hadn't fixed her tape, she still would have been dead. Like she still else. would have died. Yep. Yeah,
2: because that's, that, that was, you know, up to, up to her, her friend who suddenly realized, you know, okay, well, there can't be anything with the tape. Unless, of course, there is. And, and yeah, and that was all of it. And I, I do love how they, they wove that into the story because the way they did it, you're not looking at it as, aha, it's going to have something to do with the tape. It just sounded like some petty bureaucrat right. focusing on something trivial because he's an idiot. and, exactly. and so. It just, it just never hits you even though they keep hitting you with it through the whole <laughs> season uh, so when it finally turns out to be key it's like of course uh, but yeah they they just do it they do it in a really good way I, and uh, I
0: want to ask if you guys caught this at the end because I talked to one of my other friends and he did not understand the last shot so I want to make sure we're all on the same page which is when she finally gets outside, she goes over that hill and the false display f- flickers out and she can really see what's out there. We see a destroyed city in the far distance. Yep. But right in front of her is like 20 other silos. Yep. Yeah. Did you guys She's saw standing, that, right? Oh, oh, oh sure. Yeah. She's
2: standing in a field of these circles, which are clearly silos, just like the And they all have the little the little Doors. camera thing set up, you know, right. at yep. the door. Um, so there's, and, and God, there's like dozens of them everywhere, just spread out. Well, we, field. we
0: know that we're in silo 18 because we've because seen. Because of the little key that. Key. that right. That, so yeah. we know we're silo 18. So there's at least 18 and silos.
2: Yeah. And probably um, more. It looked like probably. a lot of silos Seriously. out there. And, right. uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm really eager to see what they do with that next year to see well if, she um,
0: obviously has to well my thing is she doesn't have that much air no she, it's, it's, it's obviously radio Yes, yeah, obviously radioactive outside so she can't take her helmet off
2: so well, that's, she only that's, has a thing, limited
0: it, air supply.
2: It's not just it, radioactivity. The, the tape wouldn't save her from the radioactivity. The, it's, there's some kind of toxin in the air. That, that yeah. she right, has,
0: probably. Is, right, uh, right, right, right. But, no, but, yeah. but
2: yeah, she has very limited air. So if at the very best, she'll suffocate if she doesn't get into shelter. So I'm sure we're going to see what the other, the you know, at least one other silo is like. But what what I'm fascinated with is, is like, are the other silos Are you know? Are they just like this one, or do they each have their own culture? Do they Um, each have
1: their own rules? Yeah,
2: I'm. That's what
0: I'm really eager to see. I feel like the silos, like the one person, he's in communication with the other silos. I feel like he's talking to the other silos. Who?
1: uh, Tim Tim Robbins' character?
0: Yeah, I think he's the only one who is aware that there's more than one silo, and that he's communicating with them. And then there was this moment where she talked about the door in the basement that connected them, and he had a small reaction, and I couldn't decide if his reaction was, he didn't know about that door, or he knew about the door and he was trying to blow it off so she didn't mention the door again. It
2: it struck me as like he didn't know about it, like she was suddenly telling him something that he was out of the loop with. I am really sure that there is an authority that's over him he's just yes. like oh, a all right man type oh, absolutely. And also, also i got the idea that this key that he uses to communicate with other silos is not something that you know you don't just call him up and shoot the breeze it's it's an emergency emergency
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're how about down. those nets you know um yeah
2: it's it's not something like that it's like you you call it up when it's only a dire emergency so he's right, not right. like in communication, like they're constantly talking to each other. But like if if a threat happens, that's when they reach out.
0: Absolutely. But I I can't wait. One good thing, like I said, is they're already shooting season two. And depending on, I guess, if they're done shooting before any other strikes happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the person I talked to told me it's supposed to come out January of next year season uh-huh. two well good so yeah so they're they're deep they were already deep into season two way back so that's it's just
1: refreshing when a show is well written well acted well conceived graham yost if you look at his if you look at all the tv shows he's worked on there's not a clinker in there or clunker in there
0: yeah.
1: and yeah, yeah. more than i can say for some of these turkeys <laughs>
0: All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, and I just want to say for everybody who's listening, uh, and if you haven't noticed, we have gone to a bi-weekly, not as in two times a week, but as in every two weeks, uh, recording at least for the summer since there's so few shows now. So if you're wondering where the heck our podcast is, that's what's happening. So I uh, just wanted to put that out there. So let's, let's end this. Uh, If you guys have any questions or comments, you can read them at gmail.com, plus on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on sci-fi.radio, Six Degrees and View, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye! Bye!